It's Warrior Foundation Freedom Station Week here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. More on that with the great Sandy coming up in here in a little bit. She's going to explain how the whole, whole thing works, but um, uh, I'll, I'll save it all from then for then uh, to explain what the whole thing is. But those of you who already know, go to armstrongandgettyradio.com and you can donate and we'll talk about our goal and well, where we are coming up. Yeah, and a bit of a related story. There's unrest in the Middle East. Oh, geez. Worst unrest, or best, depending on how you look at it, in Iran since the revolution in 79, which is really quite amazing. Well, they it's worth reminding yourself, they live in a country, we don't, but they do, where if you're mad at the government and you demonstrate, things rapidly get out of hand, then they, they encircle you with uh, soldiers and gun you down in the streets. Quickly, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Iraq, meanwhile, is melting down. Their government is falling apart. And uh, and China's know. saying, hey, why can't we do that? Oh, that's right, because they're on TV. Can't do it like Iran, where they can turn off the TV and the Internet. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So uh, more to come on Warrior Foundation Freedom Station in a moment or two. You'll want to give as generously as you can. Uh, I am delighted, I, Joe Getty, delighted to be back uh, on the show after taking last week off. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, I have a ridiculous family history of uh, arthritis. In particular, um, it's hit both my sister and I on our hips, so I got a, my second total hip replacement uh, in spite of being a very youthful and a virile young man. <laughs> and um, and it's it, the recovery is actually going well, Jack. If you have any questions, feel free. Uh, your incisive interviews are known around the planet. But... <laughs> Um, yes, I am still on drugs, although not much. I, I've started to wean myself off of the opioid stuff as quickly as I could because it really messes with my body. I am the worst candidate in the world um, for opioid that's addiction. A, that's a good thing. <clears throat> yeah, I think it is. I really think it is. And, yeah, and I, got, I got an article uh, later. A doctor wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times about pain and how we're handling pain wrong in America now. We've, we've mm. come up with this idea. Somewhere along the line, we came up with this idea that nobody should ever have any pain of any kind. And, mm. and, and it's just not the way we're built. That's just not the way medicine should work. Right. And accepting yeah. this is going to hurt and hurt for a while but probably go away, or this might hurt the rest of my life but I need to learn how to manage it, has, has been lost. Right, yeah. I've been amazed at the extent to which everybody's willing to just give me drugs until it doesn't hurt at all. But um, That's the it, goal. No pain whatsoever. You know, it's it's mildly uncomfortable. I'm walking with a walker right now. Um, if you know, if I had to, I could walk a little bit on my own. Uh, it's still, you know, I'm pretty, I'm really fragile at this point. That's the way I would describe it. Um, but I'm doing all my exercises and, and bouncing back quite nicely. I had a couple of days. I guess it was like um, uh, Thanksgiving and the day after, where I could barely eat or drink anything because of what. <clears throat> just my, I was having, I don't know, I've got to go to the doctor, I think I'm going to, uh, well, yeah, my body was desperate for calories, but, I mean, I could not even take a good sized swig of water, my stomach felt terrible, Ooh. and I think it had to do with um, some of the things that the opioids do to you, and I am going to become, and this is, you know, controversial, I am be- going to become the Martin Luther King Jr. of post-surgical constipation. I am going to be, Kyle will be leading marches in the streets to demystify it and de-jokeify it. Because <laughs> good, I, good luck with the de-jokeifying. <laughs> well, people love the poop jokes, Jack. 
There's no denying that. I've got to work with humanity where I find them. Having laid on the floor in my own bathroom for hours at a time with it uh, when I was doing chemotherapy, I know it is no joke when you're in the midst of it. Oh, my God. Well, a couple of things people might not realize, and again, I've got to go to the doctor, I think, today and and try to wrestle this to the ground. Um, If your digestive system essentially shuts down, there are things your body really needs to get rid of that it doesn't get rid of. And that's not a joke. That can be, you know, it can be fairly serious. Um, I think you're I've full come of crap up is what the problem is. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's that's part of it. And you're well, you're full of all sorts of nasty stuff. And the other thing is that a lot of people, um, because they can't, you know, pass their solid waste, it um, when they try or or whatever, they get serious tears in oh, their intestinal wow, system. Oh, wow, easy. No, I'm not going to go easy. This is precisely my oh. point. It's oh. a serious problem. They get tears in their rectum. They end oh, up with a colostomy yikes. bag. They need surgery. Um, it causes, uh, you know, biochemical problems in your body. It's no joke. And uh, and the nurses are pretty good about talking to you about it. Um, but there's like a hesitancy to address it because it has to do with poop. And, and you know, I, I realize it's not as serious and not as horrible, but it reminds me of the days, you know, and it wasn't that long ago, when nobody dared mention anything sexual from your body parts to whatever. And so there's no language if a child was molested or a woman was raped or whatever. You dared not talk about it because it was too embarrassing. And uh, I just think I think it's stupid. You've undergone a major surgery, a devastating medical procedure, and now your digestive system is shut down, and it can lead to terrible consequences. And I just want, you know, I don't know, I just want to demystify it. So did anything sound good to eat? Did you have one of those things where only a couple of things sounded good to eat or nothing sounded good to eat? Um, nothing, really. Um, I, I would munch a little bit on, like, a cracker or something like that. But the, the water thing was what bothered me because I knew I was really dehydrated and I couldn't even just have a full swallow of water. And luckily, my, my home nurse came by that day and told me, and this is interesting, Jack, and it's going to include a body part. Um, he said, just take enough to swish around in your mouth, not even enough to swallow. And swallow a little if you want, don't if you want. From your lips to your anus, your body is absorbing water at every point in your digestive system. Wow. So if you're ever feeling like that, just get enough into your mouth to wet your mouth. He said so, that? She said that? He said that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so From anyway. Stem to but, stern. <clears throat> anyway, I will not wear you out with my uh, uh, let's bring constipation out into the open speech. <laughs> Um, I'm still working on marches and T-shirts. And <laughs> well, yeah, I'm working on the Maybe T-shirt songs. design, and we really haven't come up with anything we're comfortable with. I see you getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom someday, future uh, President Justin Timberlake <laughs> or whoever, and uh, you're up there at the White House, and they put it around your neck for bringing constipation out in the open. In fact, they redesigned the medal just for me. <laughs> uh, oh, but anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody for their well wishes and stuff like that. Things are bouncing back fine. It's a long road, but uh, no problema. Uh, I'll just keep chugging along and limping for a while. Speaking of bouncing back, a lot of our warriors come back from uh, combat, and they need a way to bounce back, and they need some help with that, and you have a chance to help them. With Warrior Foundation and Freedom Station, we're going to tell you all about that next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So impeachment hearings don't get going till Wednesday, uh, so you're not missing anything on that front. Nothing has happened. The polls haven't moved since we last talked. We'll bring you up to speed a little bit on the Democratic race if you want to and a little news from around the world and a whole bunch of other stuff that you may have missed out on if you're a normal person and didn't pay attention to the news for the last several days. Right, right. But right now, let's welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Sandy Lemcooler, the CEO and founder of Warrior Foundation, Freedom Station, old friend of the A&G Show, and, and a truly fabulous American. Sandy, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? That's the big thing. Uh, oh, I'm fine. I'm great. We're we're excited to be raising money for, for for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station again. For folks who are new to the organization, uh, who do we serve? What are the goals of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Well, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station was started back in 2004, basically when I went up to the Naval Hospital. So understand, this isn't the VA. These are active duty Marines, sailors, and soldiers. And I went up there and realized that as a country, we could do better. We could do better for these guys. And basically what we are providing is we provide um, flights home for one thing. The first thing the guy said to me was, Ma'am, we really just want to go home. And so we work very hard every year to get flights home for these guys so that they can go home, and and it's a very important thing. It's important for the warrior to be able to go home, but it's more important for that family and the aunts and uncles to have their warrior home to know that he's going to be just fine and that the Naval Hospital is doing incredible things for them. Um, we work with those warriors that are just coming home or that are ill and injured on the job. We help provide, we even fly their family members in if the government doesn't move fast enough. We get them hotel rooms, rent-to-cars, whatever it takes to get their warrior back up on his or her feet. And I'm telling you, that is such a relief for that warrior when he sees his family members walk in. Uh, the second thing that we are working on, and I will share with you that there is such a need in this country, uh, is our new program with PTS and TBI. Mm, absolutely. It, it's, it's growing by leaps and bounds with the need, and we are very, very lucky to have a new member of our team, and his name is Colonel Greg Martin. He is going to be stepping in and taking this foundation to bigger and better places. And he is absolutely a war dog that can contact and call other war dogs and get them the help that they need. So he is now the president. I've actually got so much more help, and it's so amazing how many more warriors were able to help. So that PTSD component and TBI component is really stepping up big. The third group are the guys that are still living in the barracks, and some of them are up there two years. And so these are not veterans yet. These are still active-duty warriors that we, the taxpayer, we, the passionate patriots of this country, are making sure that they get taken care of. And yesterday, we had 189 people get through, cleared through security, got them up to the barracks, 7 o'clock in the morning, and we decorated that barracks. And you remember the size of that barracks. It's huge. We decorated that barracks from top to bottom. And so the warriors are coming back today from their little Thanksgiving break, and 
when the elevator doors open, it will be Christmas. Awesome. Now, and it, it, yes, go ahead. I, I was going to say, we're talking about, in many cases, uh, guys who've been injured serving this country, and they undergo years, months or years, of surgery after surgery, rehab after rehab, setbacks and the rest of it, often because the military sends you where they send you. They don't send you to the hospital right next to your house uh, where you grew up. And so they're enduring a lot of this uh, separated from their families. And so one of the things Warrior Foundation Freedom Station does is, as Sandy made reference to, will fly these guys home to be with their families for the holidays. And and some of the uh, the practical, physical items and services that the foundation offers just to make their lives a little more livable, Sandy, I think are terrific, too. Right. And so we decorate. And then next week, we have what we call gift handout day, right before we give them the tickets to go home. So these warriors will receive Under Armour, and we need help with this event, too, with Under Armour and bags with shoes in it and shampoos and all the things that these need. And, you know, our warriors need bed pillows. I mean, when you're in a hospital for two years, bed pillows are a big, wonderful, wonderful item to get for Christmas. And I've actually seen big Marines in wheelchairs put the pillow in their lap and just put their face down into the pillow. I've had warriors come to me and say, ma'am, I live in Hawaii. Can I fly to Hawaii to go home? And I say, absolutely. And so we will get these warriors home. We will have handout day next week or gift handout day. And it's big, huge marine blankets, big Navy blankets. It's just a, a wonderful thing to see their faces when they realize that this country is supporting them in big ways. Well, it takes money, and that's what we're doing this week on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And we don't ever ask for money. That's not something we do on, on this program. We don't do begathons, and we don't we don't do a bunch of different charities. One week a year for this one for the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, we ask you to donate at ArmstrongandGetty.com. ArmstrongandGetty.com. Last year our goal was three hundred thousand, and we raised about four hundred and fifty. This year the goal is going to be five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, oh, we are going to raise by uh, by Friday, end of close of business Friday, five hundred thousand dollars. That's what we're going to do, Sandy. I know we can do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! You have no idea. Um, so I'll share one story with you, and I'm trying to get a warrior to actually call in. He's a little bit, little bit shy. I know we don't have sailors that are shy, but he's a little bit shy. But he'll hopefully he'll be able to get a hold of you. We had a warrior who, um, for six years, has been trying to save his left leg. And his left leg has just been giving him more and more pain. And so finally, this last week, even though Balboa is the best limb salvage in the country, um, they had to remove his leg. So he is a new amputee, and we are able to bring his family members in. And he will be having Christmas at the hospital, but everybody will be there, and we will make sure that he has a Christmas up in that hospital room. So those are the things that continue to happen as the as time goes on, and there are going to always be warriors who need to transition out of the military medically. And so we only are able to help. Um, maybe we can reach out to more now with your help. Um, those warriors who are being medically um, discharged from the military. And so we so appreciate all that you are doing. And let me tell you something. These guys went into the war and into 
our military kind of shoulder to shoulder, and they fought shoulder to shoulder. They're trying to recover shoulder to shoulder, and I am telling you that if we can give them purpose after they have recovered a little bit, it gives them dignity, and it keeps them on a forward trajectory. So we are so very grateful to you, Armstrong and Getty, for everything. Well, we haven't done it yet. <laughs> yep. So we need to pull the we need to pull it off this week. Go to armstrongandgetty.com and donate. It's easy. It only takes a couple minutes. Yeah, and and listen, we're all called to serve our country in various ways. It's not something someone else should do. And when these kids come back all banged up and hurt and suffering and the rest of it, you now have an opportunity to step up and and be that shoulder under them to support them during the toughest time in their life. You know, if if times are tight, give ten dollars. If times are good, give ten thousand. Whatever you can do. Sandy, uh, nice talking to you. We, we'll be checking in with you throughout the week. All right. Thank you again so much. And I just wanted to share our foundation works at 85% going directly to our warriors. And again, this year, we got four stars from Charity Navigator. And I promise you, we will be very good stewards with your donations. And thank you, everyone. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, Sandy. We'll be talking again later this week. Marshall, what's coming up in your news? Well, Republicans pushing back on impeachment as Dems push ahead, and the Supreme Court's going to be hearing arguments on its first major gun control case in a decade. This is a big deal with the new court. Um, Armstrongandgetty.com to donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We'll do our first total a little bit later this hour. Armstrong and Getty. Happy Cyber Monday, everybody. Are you excited that it's Cyber Monday? World's stupidest news story. Pretty excited? Siri, you're pretty excited then. <laughs> I'm excited to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We, we've been this way for years. Hearing about Black Friday and Cyber Monday makes me mad. It just, it just does. It just, it, just, it, just, it just reminds me of how we live in idiocracy. The whole thing is just dumb. You know, it, 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 exactly. Yeah, and I don't remember the origin precisely, but it, it was as if somebody wrote a, just a, a little piece on BuzzFeed or something. This Monday ought to be big for holiday shopping because people with slow Internet are coming back right. to their fast work Internet. <laughs> and it just took off from there. There was never any data to suggest it was true. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a fake story. Yeah. Well, anyway. Fake uh, news. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says it's very unfortunate the House Judiciary Committee is going to be holding its impeachment hearing when President Trump is at the NATO summit in London. Lawmakers on that committee will review the Intelligence Committee's report on its impeachment investigation and decide whether to draw up articles of impeachment. The White House counsel has turned down an invitation to appear before the first meeting of the Judiciary Committee set for Wednesday. California Congressman Tom McClintock on ABC says he thinks it would be to President Trump's advantage to have his lawyers at the impeachment hearing this week. But I can also understand how he is upset at the illegitimate process that we saw unfold in the Intelligence Committee. Uh, The big question is going to be whether Jerry Nadler continues that into the Judiciary Committee's hearings uh, or whether he respects the due process rights of the uh, president, not only to be represented by counsel, but also to have the unrestricted right to call witnesses in his defense and to confront his accuser. 
So let's talk strategy for a little bit. I find this really interesting. So some of the Democrats were being pressed on the Sunday talk shows yesterday. If you're so interested in nailing this down, what he did, how come you're not requiring that Rudy Giuliani and uh, uh, John Bolton and a variety of other people testify? Push it through the courts. Wait for the Supreme Court to rule. If they rule that they have to testify, then you do that. And uh, the, the main the, nobody would say it out loud, but the main reason is it would take too long. And they're afraid that it would be too late in the uh, in the process, and then people would start. But to me, that seems like, if I'm a Democrat, that's what I want to do. I want this to go on for months and months and months, and then stay in the news a little bit, and, and try to damage Trump. I don't understand why you bail at this point. Do you? You know, that's an interesting question. I think probably there's a perception that we need to get it over with before we're involved in the actual electoral process. Well, right. The argument with that is if you wait till you get too close to the election, people will say, well, you can't impeach him. It doesn't make any difference. He's not going to be convicted in the Senate whether you do it this afternoon or in May. So if, if you're going to get the same result, why not get Giuliani and Bolton there? Possibly they say some things that damage the guy you're after. I, that's that's the strategy I'd go with. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a pretty strong argument. Uh, back to the Trump administration argument of not even sending their lawyer to the hearings this week. I, I completely get that. They're not going to dignify it. They're acting like it's such a dumb, you know, uh, fake news story. It's such a silly witch hunt that, no, we're not even going to send our guy. It doesn't matter. We'll be fine. I mean, that's a really good dismissive gesture. Who's the guy I like from Axios now? He's my new favorite guy, Sean. Jonathan oh, Swan. Swan? Swain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw him on Brett Baer over the weekend say, the press got way too over-enthusiastic about this whole impeachment thing. He said the press <laughs> got way out ahead of where the reality was on how this was going to be treated. Mm, I heard from a reliable source that the national nightmare was upon us. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So yesterday on, yeah. on ABC This Week, Martha Radich uh, leads with, after a week full of bombshells, and I thought, how can you well, call them bombshells if the polls didn't <laughs> move at all? <laughs> Maybe she meant literally bombshells, but no, no explosive material in the shells. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the U.S. Supreme Court will be hearing arguments today about a gun control case, the major gun control case, for the first time in nearly 10 years. It's a challenge to a New York City law that kept people from taking their handguns outside city limits. That law was repealed, but its merits will still be argued before the high court. Backed by the NRA and the Trump administration, the challengers to New York's abandoned restrictions are hoping the high court refuses to declare the case moot. That would give them a chance to win the biggest Second Amendment victory since landmark rulings a decade ago affirmed the right to keep guns at home for self-defense. The famous Heller ruling in which the Supreme Court said, yeah, you get to have your own gun. That's what it means. And it's been chipped away at in various places across the country over the last 10 years. But that was before Gorsuch and Kavanaugh came to the bench. Well, this New York law is just so ridiculous. So you can legally own a gun, but you can't take it to Vermont with you, according to New York. What the hell is that all about? And what's really interesting is when they challenged it in court, the the city fathers rescinded the law and repealed it and the rest of it. Excuse me. And, um... And and now they're saying to the court, uh, don't review it, don't look at it, uh, we changed our mind, uh, forget it, forget it. 
Anyway, the challengers are hoping that the increasingly conservative court majority could render a decision making clear what some justices believe that this Second Amendment extends beyond the home and that lower courts should view state and local limits on carrying guns in public, among other things, with skepticism. So if this goes the way that gun owners want it to go, and it's announced in June, and Trump gets to say, you see, the two justices I put on the court made the difference, that'll be a good argument for him. Twitter, about to delete all accounts that have been inactive for six months. The company says it'll start uh, culling them in batches beginning on December 11th. You want to Cold keep, in batches. If you want to keep your account alive, all you got to do is log in at least once before that date. I did a lot of tweeting over the weekend. I don't know why. Random crap. The last of my gravy, etc. <laughs> so you will be fun. So you won't be cold. I hope not. How about an apple that'll keep in your fridge for a year? <laughs> hey, somebody just donated. To Warrior Foundation Freedom Station under the name Jack's Empty Gravy Bowl. You see, my tweet, my tweet of the last of my gravy paid off. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> All right, back to the apple. We'll keep for a year. The Cosmic Crisp Apple is finally available to the masses. The apple developed by Washington State University. Washington growers will have the exclusive rights to sell the thing for the first 10 years as they paid for the research. An apple? Yes. You pick it off the tree? Yes. And it keeps for a year? Yes. Like sitting on a counter in the no, fridge? in or, your fridge. In your fridge, but for a year. Yep. And, and what do they call it, Marshall? They're calling it the Cosme Crisp Apple. It gives you they, immediate eye cancer or something. And, and they just call it the, the scary-ass zombie apple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just we're a little bit worried about food that keeps for a year. How far ahead do you need to plan your apple eating? <laughs> Yeah, you toss in a bunch of them, they're good yeah, for a year. Yeah, and I might have overshot the mark of what I need. I mean, a week would have been cool, because I hate when I buy an apple, and then, you know, like, on Wednesday, it's already gone bad, right. but a year? Yeah. You know what? Next November, I'm going to have this here apple. Sounds good. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe that's the future. Food that keeps practically forever. forever. Great, yeah. McDonald's has done that with their burgers and shakes, <laughs> and, and the reviews are iffy. Speaking of apples, I actually ate so much apple pie, I don't think I could eat another bite of delicious oh, wow. homemade apple pie. I'm just, I just, I overdid that. I, I reached my <laughs> limit. Same with pumpkin pie. And everything, really. The whole Thanksgiving thing. Uh, if you brought a plate out to me right now, in fact, I'm kind of gagging thinking about it. Oh. You brought me out a plate of uh, turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and stuffing, which I generally love. I might throw up, because <laughs> I really got after it. Yeah, I think I'm a little pumpkin pied out, honestly. I've had it every night now for quite a few, but... Um, and I gained like four pounds. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we we need to play the Michael Bloomberg clip, why his idiotic, chaotic candidacy will go as quickly as it has come. Uh, we ought to get back to the hilarious Joe Biden tape, if people you, haven't heard that. You know how many pundits I've heard say Michael Bloomberg has a shot? Zero. Yeah. Not yep. one Republican or Democrat of any kind who thinks he's got a shot. I remember when he announced that he might announce, the poll numbers were reasonably promising, weren't they? But nonetheless, I still it say nobody a, wants you. It took a quick reminder from the press... For people to say, minorities to say, oh, yeah, stop and frisk guy. And other people, small government people say, oh, yeah, ban sodas guy. And that was pretty much the end of it. 
Jack, how can he possibly justify regressive taxes like the soda tax? He will explain in moments. Cool, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. McClintock, Congressman, is getting a lot of attention on a bunch of different talk shows I've seen today, because he was on ABC this week yesterday, standing up for the president on uh, impeachment and everything like that, and some of the left-leaning media didn't like what he had to say. We're going to have Tom McClintock on next hour on the Armstrong and Getty Show. He's on the Judiciary Committee, which takes up the whole impeachment thing this week for some reason. Yeah, well, they're in charge of writing up the articles, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, first they're going to have scholars on to discuss the history of impeachment, which sounds kind of interesting to me. But. I'm picturing robes. Yeah, at least. Well, it'll probably echo some of the discussions we've had about, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors and bribery and the rest of it, and what does it mean? And the Democrats will be trying to make the case that this is clearly impeachable. The Republicans will do the opposite, and the poll numbers will not change one iota. Well, from what I understand, there are three scholars who favor impeachment and removal, so they'll be making that argument, and then one that's uh, wishy-washy on it. So, but that's the way it works when you, if you. That's why you want to be the majority, ladies and germs. Right. Yeah. No kidding. So the candidacy of Michael Bloomberg, very promising to me. I think he's uh, probably in second place. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, this meddlesome billionaire, egomaniac, Chinese ass-kissing jackass, let's get rid of him (laughs) as quickly as we can. Listen to him explaining, would you, why a, uh, like a soda tax, for instance, a regressive tax that hits the poor more heavily than the rich is actually doing them a favor say, well, taxes are regressive, but in this case, yes, they are. That's the good thing about them, because the problem is in people that don't have a lot of money, and so higher taxes should have a bigger impact on their behavior and how they deal with themselves. So I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can get an education and enjoy life. And that's what, why you do want to do exactly what a lot of people say you don't want to do. The question is, do you want to pander to those people or do you want to get them to live longer? And there's just no question. If you raise taxes on full sugary drinks, for example, they will drink less. And there's just no question that full sugar drinks are one of the major contributors to obesity. And obesity is one of the major contributors to heart disease and cancer and a variety of other things. I like the way he talks about the poor and those people. The way that he does. Oh, my God. A billionaire referring to those people. I'll tell you what, if him and Bernie are in a room, I'm hanging out with Bernie and making fun of a Bloomberg. Because that, 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 that is some language right there. Those people, they need our help. Uh, they're, just, they're so dumb and so poor, and they're just, oh my God. Well, the paternalism of it is just astounding. Oh, oh yeah. Number one. We're doing him a he, favor. He has appointed himself, at the time as, as mayor of New York City, he has appointed himself the decision maker of the poor. 
how they will live, what they will actually put in their mouths and swallow, all for his chosen goal of making them live as long as possible. You know, I'm kind of in favor of living as long as possible. I intend to do it. But the idea that he would decide that is the ultimate goal and then has the power to decide everything down to what you eat and drink to achieve that goal. What is his concept of a free society? Well, he couldn't say it out loud, but what he was getting at is we need the tax to be harder on the poor because they're dumber and they don't know better. That's what he was trying to say without putting it in those words. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. Sure, the tax is harder on them, but that's okay because, you know, they have worse habits than the rest of us. So we need to force them somehow. Well, right. Wow. It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. We're so we can, them out. we can just absolutely flip a switch and change their behavior for them. Thanks to the fact that they're poor, every tax that we hit them with is so devastating, they don't dare oppose our will. <laughs> So, like you said, come for that and stay for the stop and frisk. Get out of our way, Michael Bloomberg. First of all, spend several million million dollars on radio advertising. Then get out of our way. Yeah, he's made the biggest ad buys in the history of that sort of thing. And um, and I, like I said, I haven't heard a single strategist left or right who thinks it's going to do him any good, really. Um, but, you know, it's a different time. So it'll be an interesting experiment to watch. He's going to bypass the early states, spend... Uh, a ton of his own money there on Super Tuesday and see if he can get enough delegates to, to force his way in. I don't think it's going to work. Speaking of damning tapes from old Democrats, we need to reset the new Joe Biden tape at some point in the near future. If you haven't heard it yet, it's not corn pop level because, well, that's one of the best things ever. True. That's, that's like, you know, you go to a ball game and say, well, it wasn't as good as the birth of my child. I mean, this <laughs> is that what it's like. It's a lot like that. You just it, corn pop will come along only once in a lifetime. Mm. But it is absolutely bizarre, old, no filter Uncle Joe uh, coming up. So stay with us for that. I am trying to go through my list of oh, I at the Walmart yesterday and um, they now have the Legos behind glass doors locked like they're guns or a. Uh, Really expensive booth. Or gotcha. <laughs> now, now Legos are so expensive, you have to have them locked behind glass doors. That's seems, amazing. Seems odd to me. They are that expensive, though. So damned expensive. Um, I'm just going across things that I came across over the weekend. Oh, weather is turning into big business, which is going to be bad for the public. Did you know this? They've figured out that there's a lot of money in weather, and there's a, a, a couple of ways that this will affect you. The best weather you might have to pay for, as opposed to it being free, because people will hold back the good stuff, and or if they're making money off of clicks, they're going to exaggerate uh, weather to get more clicks. Well, hey, who's doing this now? I'm uh, confused. Uh, well, a number of different people. It's just been figured out that weather is, is a big opportunity to make money. People click a lot on weather. They go okay. to weather sites a lot. And now the race is on among a number of sites to profit the most from it and get your eyeballs. And they think it's really going to damage the information we're actually getting about weather. That's bizarre. Well, it's not surprising. But, yeah, I suppose not. But if, a couple, but if several of your leading sites for weather find out you get more clicks when you, you know, claim it's going to be 150 or a tornado is coming, uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. Wow. wow! So even great. more of the information, you, he thought it was just politics or celebrity news? No, now the weather is going to be a lie. 
You know, speaking of lies, it's funny you should mention let goes. I saw something uh, pretty pretty amusing. Were you, did you guys follow the uh, Tesla uh, Cybertruck launch? Oh, are you kidding deal? me? I want one so bad. Well, see, that's the funny thing. Uh, my buddy Brian's a Tesla owner. He's a big fan. He knows I'm thinking about buying one. And so he uh, he texted me that the thing was about to start, and I actually watched the unveiling in the truck. And I'll get to the Lego tie-in in a second or two, but if you watched it, you might be aware of that after this mind-boggling truck with its capabilities and its tough body and its power and the rest of it, after they trot it out and show it to you, um, that they did a test for how tough the window glass was. Yeah, we played the audio did, and made a big deal out of it. <laughs> right. They, the test number one was cool. Test number two was amazing. Test number three, whoops, it broke. Um, but My theory is they did that on purpose to get everybody talking about the truck, but I'm not sure. Wow, that would be truly five-dimensional Because, no, because nobody, nobody expects unbreakable windows. Unbreakable, undentable doors, that'd be cool, but nobody expects unbreakable windows. But so the headline, the uh, the lead, I should say, the lead paragraph in the Washington Post is, Serial inventor Elon Musk's Cybertruck belly flopped at its world debut last week when its shatterproof glass shattered. And then they're explaining a rather amusing meme that's launched from it, but anybody who saw it... The idea that it belly flopped? Oh, oh my no. God, no. No. The other part of it that is kind of ridiculous is a whole bunch of people put down their deposits, which was seen as a success, but it's a $100 deposit, and it's fully refundable. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> and they don't start building him until the end of 21, and he doesn't usually make his, uh, his, his appointments. So it's going to be several years before you see one of these. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, I just thought that it, it's... Badass-looking truck, though. Badass. It's a great example of if you saw the thing, you know what happened. If you read about the thing in the newspapers, you're completely misinformed. Mm-hmm. I want one bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, who knows? I think we'll be in flying cars by the time that thing comes out. Let's get a fleet of them for the show. Do we need a fleet? <laughs> So, more on Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. It's that week when we raise money for that great organization. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 